0: Hey, it's Sarah, and I have some exciting news for you before we jump into the podcast this week. Starting this coming Monday, that's May 13th, I'm going to be running a two-week pocket planner sprint inside of my course, Published with Purpose. This is where you learn how to create, format, and design a high value action oriented journal or planner and sell it around the world on Amazon. We run a live round every single year in the fall. And then in the spring, I often run our pocket planner round. This is where you get templates to create an amazing pocket or journal planner of your choice in a four by six inch size. And you get templates and all of the swipe files that you need to create something incredible In a short amount of time. During this round, I'm doing something a little bit different and I'm offering asynchronous support. So that means that you'll get one-on-one email support from me during the two weeks to ask questions about your design, your idea, marketing strategies, and so much more. I would love to support you inside of Publish with Purpose, and you can find full enrollment details over at publishaplanner.com forward slash enroll. Just make sure that you check it out and join before doors close on Monday, May 13th. This is episode 42 of the Mindful Productivity Podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Steckler. And if you're new here, welcome. Every single Monday, I drop by into your ears to talk about mindfulness, productivity, and self-care, and ultimately how to optimize your time management and organize your life. Today on the podcast, we're going to be talking about four ways to boost your communication skills and stop wasting time. This episode's filled with a lot of tough love, but some really good lessons and tips to manage your time and set up some good personal boundaries for communication in every area of your digital life. Welcome to the Mindful Productivity Podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Steckler, and this is the place to be to live a more mindful and productive life. If you're ready to turn daily chaos into calm and start your days with intention, then get ready to join me as we dive deep into mindful living and personal productivity. It's time to connect with your true self so you can live the life you want to live. And it all starts now. Welcome to today's podcast and good morning if you're listening to this early in the morning. So today we're going to be talking about four ways to boost your communication skills and stop wasting time. The truth is, is that we all do things that waste time every now and again, whether it's our time, other people's time or vital time that we're spending on projects, deadlines and even things that we do for fun. Mindfulness reminds us to be in the moment, to trust in the process and the flow of our work, but if we're not also mindful of the ways in which we are unintentionally sabotaging our time, it can lead to burnout, extended deadlines, and poor time management, and sometimes frustration of others around us, right? So in today's episode, we're going to be talking about these things. Like I mentioned, it's going to be a little bit of tough love, but you're going to want to stay tuned to hear about the things that I do to help keep me solid in my boundaries in both professional and personal communication, tips for staying on task, and ways to increase your interpersonal communication skills. So one thing you may not know about me is that I have a bachelor's degree in communications and a minor in sociology. And for years, I had thought that I had wasted my time and my degree during my undergrad because I didn't leave with more like tangible skills. You know, I didn't leave with like, a degree in like design or marketing tactics or anything like that. But the older I get and the more I expand my reach and the diverse the diversity in how I serve others, I realize the true value of these communication skills, especially interpersonal communication. And now too, in so many ways we're communicating in so many different ways now because of technology that communication skills are even more vitally important. We have to really be aware of how we're communicating to other people, not only in our verbal language and our nonverbal cues when we're face to face, but we have to actually be much more intentional about how we communicate online and digitally. And I think this is something we kind of take for granted. It's so easy for us to get super heated or upset in the Facebook comments of a post even with family or friends only to realize that once we have an actual conversation with them even over the phone and we hear their voice we realize what where they're really coming from let me tell you a quick story before we jump into these four points today my husband as you may know is in the United States Navy and we have undergone quite a few deployments time apart living separately and that has meant really stringent and sometimes lack of communication for extended periods of time. It has meant that it ha- we have had to really work on our communication skills and really also just know, trusting that like sometimes we don't get to communicate. Sometimes he leaves on a deployment and... I am expecting an email or hoping for something, and there's nothing for days. And it's trusting and knowing that that's not his fault, right? So it's not getting mad, not making assumptions, and you know, and really just knowing that he will he will contact me when he's when he can, when they have internet, when they're you know, when they have service, when that's available, or when it's safe to do so. And one thing is that when we first started dating, um, and if you go back and listen to I can't remember what episode it is, but it's um talk about like the serendipity of stuff and serendipitous something or other I'll have to look up what episode it is but I talk about how I met my husband and how it all came to be but when we first started dating we dated for about two months and then he went to on a deployment to Cuba to Guantanamo for for nine months and we stuck it out we um we did that deployment together um we went through it. Now we're married. But during that time, there was a lot of, we didn't even have, at that point in time, Facebook didn't have The messenger that it does now, it certainly didn't have voice or video chat or anything. Um, There weren't as many apps that that there are now for like text messaging and stuff. So we were really at um, the liberty and the mercy of the technology we had at the time, which was pretty good. But we really we had to do Skype calls and stuff like that. And a lot of times the Internet wasn't good or would cut in and out. um, And it was difficult. And one thing that we always did do was email back and forth. And one thing that my husband does incredibly well is he has an amazing ability to communicate and touch on all points. How many times do you send an email to somebody and they only respond answering one of your questions? Or maybe you share something with a friend and they only respond to one thing you said. It's tough, right? Because we want we want to have these conversations, but when we have conversations over email or just, you know, digitally in general, it's not that back and forth where it is like when you're having a conversation with someone where it's like they say something, you say something, they say something, you say something, right? Usually it's an email, especially when someone's deployed or long distance relationships, you're typically typing out a lot more information in one go and then waiting for a response. So one thing he would do, and this really strengthened both both of our communication skills and our relationship, was I would send him an email and I would typically break it down into either bullet points or like numbers. So I'd be like, I talk about what's kind of going, going on in my life and I'd break it down. And he would then respond to each thing. And yeah, it takes a lot of effort. Um, Even when we communicate now during our long distance relationship currently, we use an app called Voxer, V-O-X-E-R. I also use this with my clients. It's a free app. You can send voice messages and chats. It's fantastic. Even when we use that, we do our best to touch on everything that we say, whether it's typing that's a great idea or I never thought of that before or hey, I actually have nothing to say to that. It's just knowing and clarifying that we've given each other those cues, right? Because we get those cues in person-to-person communication. We see people head nodding. We get the mm mm-hmm over the phone, right? And women tend to do that more than men, by the way. Not like always, but on average, women tend to give more verbal cues over the phone than men. It's why a lot of times, sometimes I'm talking to my husband. I'm like, uh, are you still there? Oh, yep, yep. Okay, sorry. <laughs> so it's just interesting to be aware of that. But because we don't have those verbal cues, those physical cues, those head nods, those those looks, those like changes in facial expressions, because we can't see those over email or even over the phone necessarily, we have to make sure that we are including those within our dialogue whether it's over text or over email. So it's just really important to think about that. So with that being said, I want to talk about four ways that you can really boost and improve your interpersonal communication skills today and some ways that doing these things will help you stop wasting time. So the first one is if you don't have time to respond You don't have time to read. And this kind of, I think, I feel like this can kind of be, this is like the biggest tough love one, but I see this happen so many times. And it's where we open an email and we read it and then we don't respond. And then what happens is that it gets put in our like red Part of our inbox, or you know, it gets grayed out, or whatever, it goes into a different area, and we forget about it, or we read it and then we mark it as unread. I am so guilty of this time and time again, but it's really important to make sure that if you are opening an email, you have time to respond. And here's here's why um, we we are really good at opening things and reading things and not getting back to people. And honestly, in this day and age, it's, I'm going to just call this out. When you leave someone hanging with a read receipt on a message, whether it's on Voxer, whether it's on Facebook Messenger, whether you have that enabled on your text on your iPhone, I do not. (laughs) Um, It's rude. It's the equivalent of someone speaking to you in public and ignoring them. I know that sounds harsh, doesn't it? You might be going, Sarah, come on, that's a little ridiculous. But I'm serious, and this is something I'm gonna put my foot down on and set the precedent for if it's not already instilled in you, that it is rude, it's it's rude to not respond to people once you read something. So, what I typically try to do, if someone sends me like a message on Facebook, for example. And it's something that they need feedback on or a question that they're asking me or, hey, can you check this out or something like that? And I don't have time to give them the response I need in that moment. Guess what? I type out something real quick. Hey, I sent them a voice message. Hey, saw this. I'm going to have to get back to you on this in about 24 hours or when I get back home. Right. Hey, I saw this. Love it. I'm going to have to respond in more detail later. That goes such a long way. Way with people. Think about it. If you sent someone something and it was like, you know, a big ask or it was sharing something personal and you saw that they read it and they didn't respond, that sucks, right? Now hold the phone because I know what some of you might be thinking and that's, Sarah, come on, that's a little ridiculous. Like, I don't have to respond to all of my texts immediately. No, you don't. Absolutely not. But here's the thing if you have time to read it, you have time to respond to it or you should make time to. And where we get caught up in in thinking about this is what I what I tell people is if you don't want to respond to your text right away, then don't read them right away, right? If you don't want to respond to your messages right away or you don't want to feel like you have to, then don't read them right away, right? I think it's just a really great way to build that personal boundary with your own time management and be more respectful of other people's time. So if you do come across something like whether it's Voxer messages or Facebook messages or whatever, don't open them. Don't open them if you don't have time to at least respond or acknowledge that you've seen it. I think that's so important. So that's number one. And I'd love to hear if you disagree with that. That's fine. But this is a personal boundary that I have in my own life. And it goes a long way in building trust and improving communication with the people in my life. So here's number two, and that is the clarity builds trust. It's so important that we speak up when something isn't clear. So, we are often stuck when we aren't sure about something, and when we aren't sure about something, guess what? We make assumptions. We try to fill in the gaps. We don't want to be seen as someone that like didn't listen the first time or didn't understand, so we try to fill the gaps. And then sometimes we take action without a clear direction, and inevitably, if we do these things, we waste time. I, one of my first jobs, um, after college, it was actually my first like nine to five job was an administrative assistant role at a university, and I worked supporting program directors, and I also worked supporting. Um, the dean that I was in the in the department I was in, and every now and then he would come by my desk and give me a project, and he'd he was like so busy, and he'd be like, blah blah blah, I want this 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 and this and this, and I'd be like, okay. And in those moments, I just wanted to be seen as like you know intelligent and coherent, and so I would say, absolutely, got it. I would like try to make some notes real quick, and inevitably, I would be like, wait a minute, there would be some clarifying questions, right? And I remember the first time this happened, I sat at my desk. I think I had just turned 22, and I thought, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? I don't know if he means this or that for that one element of the project, or I don't know what specific research he wants for that specific part of that, and I sat at my desk for about five minutes just kind of mulling it over and going, oh, I better figure this out, or I better just know, or I better come up with it, and then I thought, well, wow, the worst thing that would happen is I deliver something with outcomes that are not at all relevant to what he wants, and I waste both of our time. And then I really would seem like unintelligent and incapable of doing my job, right? So I stood up, I walked over back to his desk, and I said, hey, got a couple clarifying questions for you. Sat down, took a notebook, got all of the information I needed. And guess what? Because of that, I was able to clearly take action clearly and like focused action. And then I was able to get everything back to him so much quicker than if I'd sat there trying to figure it out. And you know what? He really appreciated that. So sometimes we get stuck in our own heads and we think that asking for clarity is makes us seem like lesser, like we don't get it. But it's actually one of the most powerful things you can do. And it's so important too in your interpersonal relationships, outside of your professional life. It's so important to build clarity. So if you ever are talking to somebody, especially over something that's typed and you're not quite sure what they meant by it or it makes you upset or you take offense to it, it's so important to touch base and be like, hey, I'm, I'm not quite sure what you meant by that. Could you clarify that? Or can you send me a voice message or maybe send them a voice message to kind of hear their voice and hear their tone? Whatever ways that you need to receive that information, get clear with people. It's so worth it. It's so worth it that instead of going the rest of your day being like, I cannot believe she said that over text or like how often I hear my friends say, all he did was respond okay. Having no idea that maybe he was like really busy that day or having a really hard time or in the middle of a meeting and barely had time to text you back, right? So get clear. Clarity builds trust. It'll improve your relationships. And here's the thing too if you're working with someone, it's so important to cle- create a clear contract. And I'm not talking about a legal contract per se, but if you're working in a team project for school or something like that, it's so important to create a team charter. I remember there were so many projects during college, during my undergrad, during my master's program where, um, well, especially during my undergrad, the first couple times I did it where we didn't have a team charter. And If something went wrong or if someone got sick, it was so unclear about what we were supposed to do or how we were going to communicate or what files we were going to use to save things or where we were going to have files saved. Things got really messy really quick if something went wrong, right? We'd all like to believe that things won't go wrong with team projects, but, you know, let's be honest. There's typically someone that, like, does way more than everyone else even if you kind of don't want them to. And then there's sometimes the person that wants to do absolutely nothing and just get a good grade. So it's so important to create a team charter, create, you know, roles for everyone and create a, and create a plan for things that go, you know, might go wrong. Also, too, it's important to create clear parameters around work projects. So if you're doing something at work, get clear. Just note it down in a document somewhere that everyone has access to who's doing what and create a work back calendar for how things are going to happen. So create, you know, getting clear on what the deadline of the project is and then working back from there. What are the milestone dates where ev- that everything needs to be accomplished by and who's doing that and when? And what where, what ties what together, right? Because sometimes in work projects, we realize we can't take action until we get this thing from that person and that person can't do that until they get this from someone else. So it's really important to know where all those strings are attached so that you're clear and that you can move forward really smoothly. Have a solid contract in place too for individual projects as a business owner. So if you run a business or if you're working with someone or maybe you run your own podcast or you have a blog that you contribute to or run or you accept guest contributors, have a contract in place. Have something in place that speaks to not only what the expectations are, but also to how the communication is going to go, what those lines of communication are going to be. And make sure within all of these different agreements And they can be as formal or informal as you want, but I'm telling you, if you have them in writing, even better. It's so important so that you can reference things. Can't tell you how many times I've started a project with somebody, whether it's one other person or multiple people, whether it's professional for school or just a a fun project. And it's like we all forget kind of what's going on and we can refer back to that document. Oh my gosh, it, it keeps us from getting into so many arguments or disagreements or confusion. So make sure that you have a fallback plan, too, and talk about how the communication process will take place. How are you communicating? Is it over email? Are you going to be calling each other? Are there like areas or times during the day where we shouldn't call each other? Get clear on all of those different things. Number three is to choose a channel. Okay, here's the thing, you guys. Raise your hand if you've ever had a conversation with one person, one person, just one person at a time but it's been over multiple social media or chat platforms at the same time. There have been times when I've had someone, like good friends too, you know, message me on Snapchat, on Facebook Messenger, and on Instagram at the same time. And it makes it really hard to have a solid conversation. Now, here's the thing. A lot of those platforms, it makes it really easy to like send things. Like on Instagram, you can like share posts really easily. You can send them via Messenger. So obviously, it's a lot easier to send them on Instagram and then go have a conversation on Facebook maybe, right? Or Voxer or whatever. But here's here's a couple ways that you can improve improve your communication channels and set boundaries as well. So set up boundaries around things people send you. So what I mean by this is if you have a friend that loves to send you like memes on Instagram or maybe YouTube videos via email, it's okay to let them know that you appreciate that, but that you don't have time to respond to each one, right? Like we do not have time to respond to each one. And this just comes back to like point number one is that it's so important important to respond right away, but it's also important to set up boundaries around around what you're responding to, Um, Around the same time that I was starting my new job as an admin assistant in my early 20s, my dad had discovered YouTube Um, and this was about maybe a year before he passed away and I remember he would send me emails almost every day. I still have some of them and he would send me all these YouTube videos of like music from like the 60s or the 50s or like this came out when I was born or blah, blah, blah. And then he would call me at work and be like, did you see those videos? And I'd have to be like, dad, I'm working. I can't respond to these right away. Right. So I also have friends that like to send me tons of stuff on Instagram. And I love that. I love that people think of me. I love that people send me memes or funny videos, but I let them know, hey, I appreciate these, but I'm not going to be able to respond to all of these. Like sometimes I'm going to have time to like them or send an LOL back. But I just want to let you know I see these, I hear you, I appreciate it, but I'm not, this is not something I'm able to respond to for every single one. And they totally get it, right? So setting up those boundaries is really, really helpful. Then also be clear about where you show up and let people know the platform that you use. So I personally, for example, don't use Snapchat unless a friend like begs me like to go check out their feed. But messaging there, it just like, it, it isn't for me. It's not intuitive to me. I hate that things disappear. And it makes it really hard to carry on a conversation if anything is delayed or if like you respond to something more than 24 hours later. I can't tell you how many times somebody sends me something. And then like a couple days later, I see it finally. And I go, oh my gosh, that's so cute. where did you get that? And they're like, where'd I get what? <laughs> and it's like, oh my gosh, what? <laughs> it's so hard to have a conversation on there. So I let my friends know where I'm at. I let them know, hey, I'm on Voxer. Um, I only check Facebook Messenger a couple times a week. And if you really need to get a hold of me, call me. But like, that's where I am. You know, that's where I'm at. Like, send me a voice message on Voxer. Send me a text message there. That's where I am. And I also let my clients know when we set up, when I set up cl- agreements with clients, I let them know that we will be doing our one-on-one calls over the phone, that all of our contracts and all of those agreements, payments, that'll be done via email. And then if you have questions in between sessions, hit me up on Voxer. And those are the communication things that we typically set up and agree on. And creating those agreements with your clients, with your friends, with your family is so important so that you know what's going on and how people can reach you. And yeah, I also let people know that I prefer Voxer and I love sending people voice chats. And that's just what I prefer. Now, that doesn't mean that I'm not flexible with other people's preferences, right? but it can be so helpful to get clear on what you prefer and letting other people know that. Okay, here's number four in the four ways to boost your communication and stop wasting time. And that is to set times to check your messages. You do not have to be on your phone or your email 24 seven. So let me tell you a quick story real quick. I'm sure you can relate to this. Maybe you've had a similar experience, but apparently I'm just talking about my first job all, all day today. But when I was an admin um, in my early 20s, one time I was working away on a project, required a lot of focus, a lot of detail. And I got an email from another colleague in another department. She was like across the building. And I saw the little Outlook notification pop up, which going back in time now, like if I were to take my productivity knowledge and skills now, I would like remove all pop ups from my computer. Um, But this was like mid 2000 and There were just so many differences already in technology. It's crazy. But anyway, pop-up came up, didn't, you know, and I saw it, did not open Outlook, did not go into my email because I was busy working on something. And 30 seconds later, I got a phone call from her saying, why haven't you responded to my email yet? And I remember thinking like, yeesh, you know, like what? Like, was it urgent? First of all, it wasn't urgent, right? But I did let her know in that moment, I said, you know, I'm working on a project that requires a lot of my focus, And I have this blocked out on my calendar. And I made it clear that if there was something that was going to be urgent, you know, a phone call works or you can come by my desk or we can set up a time, but that no one should be, you know, no one should be expected to respond to an email that quickly, at least not in the work environment we are in, right? Like maybe your job does, maybe that is part of the expectations of your job. But I let that person know, hey, don't expect me to respond to emails in 30 seconds. I'm not just sitting here twiddling my thumbs waiting to respond to emails, right? I actually have stuff I'm doing, right? And sometimes people just need that reminder, right? In a respectful, professional way, of course. But I just remember being like, wow. So uh, it's also important, you know, to set times to check your email. So set times, set a time when you're checking your email, when you're looking at your phone, When you're checking Voxer, there's a lot of people I talk to on Voxer all day, including my husband, some of my people that I have, that I'm in masterminds with, that I consider like my colleagues for my coaching practice and my business. Whatever you may use, put something, you know, put something at the bottom of your email, for example, that speaks to the expectations, when people can expect to hear back from you. Like I check my email every now and then. There's somebody I follow that only checks her email once a week, I mean, that's that, that's not something I can do personally in my business, but that works for her and her business model. But be clear on that. Hey, I check my email around 10 a.m. and again at 4 p.m. And I, I tend to get back to people within 24 hours. If it's something urgent, get to me on Voxer or give me a call, something like that. Right. And also to just letting people know that, hey, I don't always check my texts every day or sometimes I tell people like this whole past weekend, I took myself off Instagram, off Facebook. I didn't open those like apps on my phone. I actually deleted the apps from my phone, took a break. I'm going to put them back on my phone today and jump back in and check stuff. But I let people know, hey, I'm not going to be on there this weekend. People know, hey, I'm going somewhere and I'm not going to have cell phone reception or I don't want to be on my phone at all. So just let people know. All you have to do is communicate that, right? And powerful things happen. And here's my like kind of big takeaway for you today: It's that remember, it's okay to set personal boundaries around your communication, and it's vital, so vital to your productivity and time management. So I hope that this was helpful in bringing some awareness to around to the things that you're doing and how you can boost your communication and stop wasting time. And just a real quick week recap. Those four things are the first one was if you don't have time to respond, then you don't have time to read. So think about the ways in which you might be looking at messages and not getting back to people. It also makes it really hard too, because then when you do go to respond, if you've waited hours or days or longer, you're going to typically have to either listen to that message again or say, hey, I don't remember. And then they're going to feel like, "Well, well, then what was the point, right? Number two was Clarity builds trust. So don't be afraid to ask for clarity. Avoid a making making assumptions and filling gaps on your own and really touch base with people to gain that clarity so that you know what they want for a project or that so you can clear any like misconceptions about what happened during a communication with a friend or family member that maybe didn't sit right or didn't come through the way that you wanted, right? Number three is choose a channel. So get clear on the communication channels you're going to use. You don't have to be on every social platform. You don't have to like check everything. It's okay to say, "Hey, I'm not on that thing." You know, just get clear about that. And when you're when you're talking with somebody, like choose one platform to communicate on at a time. It'll make life a lot easier. And number 4, just set times to check your messages, whether that's email, text, anything like that. P- setting personal boundaries in your digital communication life is so important. So thank you for listening to today's episode. I hope it was super helpful. feel like I've been talking super fast today. Um, But yeah, have a great week. I will see you next Monday. And if you've enjoyed this podcast, then feel free to leave a review on iTunes. It helps other people find it. And it lets me know that these are something that is helpful for you. As always, you can find more information, resources, and everything else by visiting the blog at mindfulproductivityblog.com. And I will see all of you next Monday.